Hello, everyone. Welcome along to the Event Industry News podcast with me, James Dixon, wishing you a very good morning, afternoon or evening to all of our podcast followers, wherever or whenever you may be tuning into us from. Our podcast is brought to you by Engage, powered by D2I Systems, winner of Best Event Management Platform at the 2017 Event Technology Awards. To learn how Engage can make your business more profitable, visit d2isystems.com forward slash engage welcome along to today's episode uh, and i'm delighted to say that we are joined by a first-time guest on the podcast ed templeton co-founder of shuttlecock inc who are a creative production company ed thank you very much for joining the podcast thanks for having me um with a wonderful jungle backdrop today as well a note to any <laughs> A note to any future podcast guests who may come on the show, please, more jungle or, or creatively styled backdrops, please, for, <laughs> uh, for your videos. So there's a tick. We try. Big, we do try. A big tick next to your name already, Ed. Now, we've got you on the podcast today to talk about um, NTV Spring Break, um, which in my brief of brief notes that I take before these podcast episodes simply says immersive pop-up experience. So we've pretty much got a blank canvas today for you guys to talk and tell us about what it actually is. So um, give us an overview, first of all, about Shuttlecock Inc. Who are you and, and what you do? Um, cool. So, yeah, Shuttlecock Inc., we um, started about five years ago. Um, so NTV Spring Breaks are kind of, sort of fifth anniversary um, sort of relaunch, actually, into kind of um, doing public events. Um, after been, uh, the last few years, we've done a lot of work with different brands like um, Tabasco, Mr. Porter, <laughs> Leading Hotels of the World, stuff like that. So, um, but we actually started out, our roots were in um, like immersive pop-up dining experiences. Um, so we launched in 2013 with a series called uh, Mile High, which was sort of um, like Pan Am, sort of catch me if you can themed um, uh, yeah. pop-ups sort of taking people on a, on a, on a, uh, basically for a weekend away uh, in an evening in a kind of pop-up space in, in London. And that's how we started. And we kind of had a succession of like, yeah, public facing pop-ups all ticketed. Um, and then, yeah, gradually, um, yeah, we started to do, um, more and more sort of private stuff, brand stuff. And, um, you know, we've done a few pop-ups in the last few years. Um, did one called the Blue Lotus Opium Den, which was set in Chinatown in San Francisco in the 1880s. Um, <laughs> and uh, we did a kind of East End Cockney Knees Up um, sort of theme pop-up set in the 60s um, in East London. Um, but yeah, it's been a while since we've done anything out in the, in, you know, pu push things out to the public, selling tickets, sort of reminding people, um, you know, our sort of, original fan base about you know what we're up to so yeah interviews are sort of relaunch of sorts because um yeah we've been sort of quiet on the public front for a while and uh yeah we want to remind everyone that our events are you know the best the best around um that's the idea anyway um so with ntv spring break um the n stands for neverland um so we had this idea a while ago and been kind of looking for the right way to do it um where we basically wanted to kind of bring uh sort of Peter Pan and Neverland sort of kicking and screaming into um, the sort of modern sort of contemporary mm. setting. Um, and we looked at a kind of period that sort of could um, do this for us in the sort of 90s was something we all sort of thought was, was um, a lot of fun and we all kind of fondly remembered um, watching sort of from our cold sort of rainy England sort of <laughs> MTV spring break in like Boca Raton and all those kind of places in the yeah. States. People dance around swimming pools and kind of loads of sort of, you know, sort of 
yeah, sort of film crew, film people having a great time with red cups and all the rest of it. And we kind of came up with this weird sort of hash of um, sort of taking that and taking the kind of idea of Neverland, the characters, the vague sort of premise and sort of merging the two together to come up with a sort of, sort of all singing, all dancing, immersive experience. Yeah. Now, my first reaction. All about. <laughs> my, 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 my first reaction to that is, uh, and, and, you know, for people tuning in today, I've, I've had no. Um, notes on this in advance so I know very little about it but actually (laughs) the the, the, the sort of correspondence there and the link between Neverland and and the sort of the traditional American spring break that you're describing is actually probably closer than when you think about it it's actually quite a close link isn't it you know Neverland and the Lost Boys and Peter Pan it was it was groups it was a young group of uh, of kids who were just out to have fun all the time exactly there's that element of kind of never growing up Um, and yeah basically something we've always done well we you know always hope aim to do with our events is to kind of this sense of escapism um you know suspending disbelief a little bit and like letting people kind of just let go and have a great time and there's always you know whatever we've done we've always created like amazing sort of detailed theatrical sets and Mm. um you know there's characters played by actors who you kind of come across whether it's the people pouring your drinks or serving your food or everybody's a character so you come kind of immersed in this in this world and this story um, and yeah, with, uh, with, with MTV Spring Break, whose catchy tagline is, it's Spring Break in Neverland, um, <laughs> just to kind of illustrate uh, what the idea is a little clearer. Um, but yeah, we've got, uh, we've got all sorts of characters. So um, for example, Tinkerbell, um, she's a sort of foul-mouthed um, sort of rockabilly uh, bartender <laughs> in like an Austin-style uh, dive bar. Um, the croc um, is a rapper. Uh, with a clock around his neck, um, who's shooting a um, of course, exactly shooting a rap video. Um, the pirates are sort of like you know sort of East End wide boy geezers, um, led by Jimmy Yook. Um, we've got uh, instead of them the Indians, which I guess um, these days isn't such a politically correct term for Native Americans. Yeah, um, but uh, we sort of gone on the theme of sort of you know um, sort of. Trustafarian sort of rathers in uh, in Goa, wearing sort of Thai fishermen's trousers and sort of you know uh, doing sort of that sort of thing. So we imagine they're in a kind of side trance sort of festival, um, and that's the kind of Indian encampment. Um, we got the Lost Boys, who are basically a bunch of sort of hipsters, um, and uh, they they're looking after the food side of things. So we've basically got a kind of like street food market running, and um in in, in one area, and that's uh, all kind of like you know, uh, sourdough cheese toasties with pickles and, um, you know, chicken wings and uh, fish tacos and all the kind of stuff you kind of come across in street food markets with um, suitably kind of bearded and top button done up wearing sort of hipsters basically serving them. So they're the Lost Boys. They never grow up, which, as you say, is kind of quite appropriate because, um, yeah, <laughs> fits the fits the mould. So we've got all these different characters kind of reimagined um, for sort of, you know, the, the modern era. And um, we're just inviting guests to, to turn up and um, they'll be met by the darlings. Um, if you remember the story of Peter Pan, that's the family uh, yeah. who's sort of getting ready to go out for their, um, you know, big sort of grand evening at the opera or whatever. And uh, you'll be sort of entertained in their living room. Um, I'll tell you a bit about the venue in a minute, but it's, yeah, it's amazing Victorian building. And so you kind of come in, there's a big fireplace and, um, and then, yeah, we'll invite guests to go through to the actual studio bit itself, um, which is a massive space. We've got 
two or three different spaces on different levels where we're spreading all the action out. Yeah. Um, and, um, and yeah, we just kind of invite people. There'd be different bars um, and obviously you've got the street food bit. So with, with every ticket you get, um, you get a drink and a couple of bits of food. Um, and yeah, like the whole thing will sort of culminate in a bit of a sort of dance off um with a kind of hype man uh basically leading a dance off competition between representatives of all the different sort of tribes and factions um going on from the pirates to the the robbers and uh and the, and the lost boys um they'll all come together at the end and we've got a dj and music so it's going to be a big sort of loud colorful um fun party essentially with amazing foods uh really great drinks and um all very sort of light-hearted, tongue-in-cheek, like, you know, it's not it's not a um, serious bit of theatre. It's about people letting their hair down on, you know, a Thursday, Friday, Saturday night and um, having an experience to remember, hopefully, yeah. Well, uh, to, to paraphrase the film Jerry Maguire, you had me at chicken wings. Um, <laughs> but the, the, based on everything you've just said, and when we're talking about an immersive experience, this sounds like a combination between almost like a murder mystery style party where you're arriving and people are in character, um, mm-hmm. a night out um, and a theatre experience all rolled into one. Is that sort of along the right lines, all those elements combining? Yeah, I'd say so. I think that's definitely, yeah, that's a good way to describe what, what we do and what we've always done. When we started out, um, you know, five years ago now, um, you know, pop-ups were kind of just starting to sort of catch fire. You know, they um, they weren't quite as mainstream, um, mm-hmm. especially the kind of whole immersive experiences weren't quite as mainstream, I think, as they are now. Um, and we sort of looked at what was out there, and there were people like Secret Cinema doing absolutely amazing stuff. Yeah. Um, but that was very much led by, you know, the kind of the acting experience, obviously playing off kind of, you know, films that were out there and real and kind of there sort of bringing them to life. Um, and then there were other kind of sort of pop-up restaurants that, you know, maybe did some really great food, but, you know, there might be some sort of light theming. Um, mm. But, you know, you'd sort of go there and, you know, it's cool, it's different, but you kind of go, ah, they could have done a bit more with this or, ah, you know what, the food could have been a little bit better. And, you know, the reason we started the company in the first place because, you know, the four of us had slightly different backgrounds. My little brother, Ollie, was a chef, um, which obviously helped from the food side of things from sure. the beginning. But we felt there was room for something that kind of was that did both, you know, that did amazing food and drink that you'd hope to get in a restaurant and also created a like really awesome experience where every little detail had been thought about and working with like really great actors um, with, you know, funny scripts and, um, you know, creating these, these universes and sort of fusing the two together. Mm, That's what yeah. we've, um, we've, we've always done with, you know, I mentioned the Pan Am theme one mile high earlier on, but we had a kind of um, a sort of railway journey uh, across like colonial India um we did a kind of brooklyn sort of boxing club in the 1920s sort of themed chef battle yeah. uh it was rumble at the deli we've done like an 80s office christmas party um yeah i mentioned the opium den and uh um uh your knees up earlier but yeah there have been lots there's been lots more we took mile high to new york um uh that was back in 2014 and we had you know like a really great reception there so yeah, we've always known that when we when we do it and put our minds there, we you know we we put on something really really special. And I guess our focus for the last few years has been, you know, as a business kind of, you know, doing do, you know put doing that for for some other people. But we, yeah. we really wanted to kind of yeah do do it you know as much for ourselves like having a great time 
um, and kind of bringing the, the band back together kind of thing um, <laughs> as anything else. So yeah, that's, that was the kind of inspiration behind it. So again, just, just to clarify, a lot of the examples that you've given of these other, these other experiences that you've created have been almost on commission, uh, by, commissioned by clients of yours who said, we want this type of experience. Can you create it for us? Whereas mm. uh, you know, NTV Spring Break is going to be is entirely of your own creation. It's your own imagination. It's being done purely for you, not on behalf of another client. And anybody yeah. will be able to buy a ticket for this and come along to it. Exactly, exactly. Um, I mean, I think with that comes a lot of creative freedom. Yeah. Um, I think working with brands, actually, we've, we've always been very lucky. We work with people who are kind of up for our ideas. Um, but obviously, there's a kind of curb on how uh, irreverent, say, uh, you, you can be um, in certain things. And um, we've always said humour's kind of been at the heart of all of our stories. Mm. Um, you know, one of our kind of golden rules is to not take ourselves too seriously. Um, and also to kind of create an experience that's going to be you know, these things, there's always people who like massively up for getting involved. They've already created a character for themselves and they kind of, you know, running around, just want to talk to everyone and be sort of in the thick of the action. And there are other people who find the whole thing, you know, talking to a stranger completely embarrassing, but it doesn't mean they're not enjoying it. And, yeah. you know, and, and I think we've sort of always tried to kind of create experiences that are going to work for, for both. But yeah, with this, it's great because there's, you know, it's us going, you know, this is an idea that we've talked about for a long time. Um, and we're just kind of waiting for the right opportunity to do it and um, yeah which is now uh, but yeah I mean there's kind of yeah that's it there's you know you have complete creative freedom and you're just kind of you know putting it out there and I guess you know ultimately the public's the judge of you know whether it's a success or not you know people vote with their feet but yeah we're hoping that um, that it'll be as you know as popular as, our, as, as ones we've done in the past and there'll be a lot of sort of goodwill from the people who have sort of maybe been thinking, oh, what are these guys up to? Because uh, sure. you know, it's been a while since our last, um, yeah, last ticket to the event. So, so when, when having sort of set the scene brilliantly, you know, and, and you know, established what people will be able to, to, to see and experience and eat and drink, in terms of the nitty gritty, where will it take place, you know, uh, and how long are you looking to run, run it for? Um, so, um, mad as it sounds, uh, we're only doing it for three nights. Um, <laughs> uh, so, but, but in the past, you know, we might, our pop-ups might last a couple of weeks or even longer. Um, but we'd be doing them for maybe a maximum of 60, 70, 80 people a night. Whereas with this, we're going, it's like 150, 200 a night. Okay. So ultimately we'd probably do the same sort of numbers, but just, just over fewer days. Yeah. Um, and, uh, the venue is this absolutely amazing place called Park Village Studios. Um, so it's actually a photographic studio um, and, and they do quite a lot of filming there as well. Um, just um, on, the, on the kind of north uh, eastern corner of Regent's Park. Um, so as you go into sort of Camden, Primrose Hill. Mm. Um, and uh, it's an amazing place. It's got a really cool history. It was um, originally it was uh, you've got on overlooking Regent's Park, you've got all these grand sort of, um, uh, I guess, Regency villas. Sure. Um, and um, Park Village Studios used to be a, um, uh, a riding school and um, they got this giant, they had a big sort of, um, sort of brick arena where you'd sort of lead the horses around, mm. um, hence like the massive kind of open space. Um, and uh, yeah, all of the kind of wealthy people living in these villas, you know, their, their children would sort of ride their horses there at the weekend, whatever, learn how to ride. Um, and then I'm not really sure what happened to it sort of in the intervening sort of hundred years or so, but um, yeah, in the war, for example, um, they housed, I think the elephants from London Zoo there when, uh, when during the Blitz. <laughs> um, 
and uh, yes, it's an amazing, amazing place with this incredible history. And then um, I think it was in the 60s, um, this kind of, uh, I think he's a photographer, sort of um, uh, heard about the space or came across it and, and um, he actually ended up taking on the lease um, uh, from, I think it was the Crown Estate, so basically the Queen. Um, and, um, and yeah, turn it into this photographic studio. So they shot album covers there with the Rolling Stones and wow. um, all sorts of people. And yeah, today it's still, you know, very much alive and well as like a really, yeah, awesome photographic studio. So where you used to ride the horses around this massive open, open space, um, which, and it is a blank canvas. It's got a kind of white backdrop. So perfect for the likes of us who can come in and light it and dress it and bring in props and turn it into, you know, NTV Spring Break. Um, and uh, yeah, it's got a kind of second studio. It's got a kind of little mezzanine level. And it's just genuinely, generally, it's just like absolutely a brilliant space where, yeah, it's, it's, it's got its own character, but it's also kind of, you know, blank canvas enough that we can actually um, sort of go to town in it. Um, but yeah, really cool location, Camden. It's, um, yeah, easy to get to. So yeah, no excuses. <laughs> <laughs> so over three nights, so, and, and you, you mentioned briefly the, the sort of the numbers that you're hoping to, to get in each night and the, you know, the amount of guests that can, can actually come to the experience. Um, will yeah. they all enter in, in, in one hit or is it sort of several, several sort of sittings, if you will, a night? How does it work? Um, so, I mean, it's going to be kind of sort of like, essentially, if you think about going to a club, it'd be like, um, yeah, uh, there'll be a start time. And we know from previous experience, people never arrive <laughs> on time. Yeah. So there'll be like a steady, steady, steady trickle we're kind of envisaging. Um, but yeah, depending on like how many people are sort of arriving at once, the kind of the interactions at the beginning with like the, the, the initial actors who are playing the darlings that you'll see, you know, that can either... You know, if there's three people in the room, you can, you know, have a bit more of a performance than if there's 50 people queuing. I mean, ultimately, it all boils down to having fun. So, you know, avoiding long queues, uh, especially for things like drinks and the loo, um, you know, just basic things of events. Like, you've got to kind of bear that stuff in mind, yeah. you know, however kind of um, sort of, you know, um, imaginative the idea and kind of you know ambitious on that front you you've got to take care of the basics but yeah, yeah. i think we're going from uh, going from six thirty-seven, um something like that and then uh, lasting through till, till late so yeah people sort of come in have some food and want to leave come back that's i don't know the, the, the idea though is there's gonna you know there's plenty there to like sustain their sure. um attention and entertainment <laughs> for the whole evening you know, there's different areas to explore different characters to meet different food to try different drinks to drink and yeah, really awesome soundtrack and DJs and stuff later on. So, you know, it's, we're kind of rolling in like a, an evening out into one, you know, so you've got that kind of the, the theatre and performance sides, um, the drinks in the bar, the food, and then obviously the kind of dancing later. But yeah, we're kind of putting it all in one place, essentially. On a, on a, on a practical level, when it, when it comes to actually the infrastructure that you need to put together to, to deliver something as creative as this, um, when you've got such imaginative ideas about uh, the visual concept, about how you want it mm. to look, how you want it to feel, how you want something to be laid out, how you want it to sound, how you want it to be lit, do you have to have a, a massive you know, portfolio or address book of different suppliers that you know can all do loads of different things? Or have you, in your experience, been able to sort of find a handful of suppliers that work really well and understand what you're trying to deliver that you can generally source everything you need through? 
Um, it's definitely our kind of, you know, uh, go-to position is the latter. Right. So we've sort of over the years, we've sort of worked with a kind of, yeah, a select, you know, crew of, um, you know, freelance um, sort of, um, yeah, partners and suppliers who, you know, from transport through to lighting, through to props and sort of set dressing, art director, um, you know, casting, acting, script writing, food. And, I mean, the thing about Shuttlecock is we do most most of it ourselves. Um, right. So the food and drink side of things. I should mention probably you're like, well, what, what have you been doing the last few years? Well, <laughs> um, as well as kind of keeping Shuttlecock going, um, you know, as a production company, we also launched a kind of restaurant and, and a creative hub in London. Right. Um, in the intervening years so a lot of you know our focus was on that but also with that comes the capabilities to you know like on the food and drink side of things we got all that taken care of yeah. um uh the ideas that we come up with ourselves um i tend to take, take care of like the kind of script writing and creation of the characters um my cousin will is very much um he's uh yeah in terms of the kind of the more technical side lighting av sounds that's kind of and and a lot of the actual kind of like carpentry and set building yeah. uh, we've always done a lot of that uh, that stuff ourselves um and then anna um my other cousin who's in who's the fourth co-founder she's she's the kind of producer extraordinaire as well as kind of you know she's got really clear sort of creative vision and kind of brings the right set she's got yeah a kind of a little black book of, of people who you know she'll work with obviously they're they're all pretty great so they're always in high demand so we have to kind of book them up nice and early but um, generally, like our events, I think people quite enjoy working on them because the ideas are, you know, a little bit different, a little bit out there, yeah. and so it means that you know that when when they can, they do get involved. So yeah, we kind of try and keep it sort of you know in the family loosely um, with people that we know and work with well, um, and uh, that tends to work to, to work to work best. And they themselves have their own relationships with you know other people that they can bring in, whether it's prop houses mm. um, doing deals with them or um you know um like getting like live like bands and live acts and people like that sort of lining that kind of thing up so i think it's kind of yeah it extends down the chain of someone knows someone knows someone knows someone <laughs> um i think you know obviously you know it's yeah i, I think there's an element of risk to that obviously if you can't get hold of all sure. the people you want to get hold of um but over time you build up enough contacts that you're kind of you got a plan A and a B and a C and a D. Um, and then if you get to E, then who knows? But then I guess you, just <laughs> kind of, <laughs> you do what everyone else does. But um, yeah, it's worked for us so far. So yeah. Well, when you, uh, you, for something that sounds as complex as, it, as, it, as, it, as you're conveying um, and as detailed as imaginative, you, you said that it's only going to run for three nights. Does that mean you're actually going to be on site putting it together for longer than it will actually be delivered? Because it sounds like it's going to be a, a fairly significant undertaking to to put something like this all together and in place. Um, yeah, we've got definitely a couple of build days before and then obviously building through pretty much until, you know, a couple of hours before mm -hmm. um, kickoff on Thursday. Um but something we've always sort of tried to do is like with this, you know, we started off in sort of found spaces um, from yeah. like old sorting offices to abandoned restaurants, um, you know, um, yeah, lots of different places. And basically we've always kind of worked, tried to work quite closely with what's there as a canvas. Sure. So in this space, 
you know, for the kind of the early um, uh, sort of stages with with the darlings in their kind of you know old Victorian house, or whatever. But you, we've got that, yeah. so you know you can you can you, we're trying to work as much as we can with what's with what's there. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's a tall order for sure. Um, it requires really careful planning. I think you know I'm sure lots of guests come on talk about events and how it you know whatever kind of event you know if it's not planned properly and you don't have like a a tight call sheet and everyone knows where they're supposed to be and when and everything else then it all falls down so that's very much the kind of the the yeah the, the keystone of everything um that we're doing but um yeah we've got a good crew and um yeah like you know we're sort of well well versed in it but yeah it it, it is it is ambitious but you know there's kind of tricks to the trade i think lighting for example is so key I think mm. if a space is really well lit, I think, um, you know, and the use of sort of like backdrops and vinyls and you know, jungle scenes <laughs> behind me. <laughs> um, but there's certain like, there's certain, you know, there's, there's with what we do, I mean, it's a mix of kind of visual cues um, that take, you know, that, you know, tell you, okay, this is where I'm supposed to be. And then it's the details, it's certain props, it's the smaller details and it's the characters, it's the combination of everything that, you know, lands you in the place that we want to. Sure. Um, so I think, you know, potentially if you take people like Punch Drunk, um, who, you know, have the most incredible um, sets, like, you know, just every last little bit of detail is just lovingly sort of sourced and created. Um, depending on the events, that's also something that we that we do. But with something like this, it's about it's more about kind of creating a kind of loud, brash, fun experience. And um so yeah, we'll sort of focus in on the kind of details that we need to to kind of put, you know, tell you, okay, this is where I'm supposed to be. But it it probably won't in this case, you know, necessarily be like you open a drawer and there's a hundred letters from Captain Hook to, you know, to to lovers of old or whatever. I think it, you know there'll be a bit of that, but probably yeah, on on a place this size uh, on this scale, probably yeah. Uh, maybe not as much as we might have another. <laughs> and tell what going back to this this um or, or the idea that that you are delivering this for yourselves in a way you know uh, rather than on behalf of a client who's given you a brief does does that make the task of getting people in through the door more difficult for you because you're not just delivering it for somebody who is going to bring in their own audience you know how are you going about um doing your own marketing for the event and actually attracting the interest because ultimately you want to go to all this effort and have as many people as possible experience it. So, so how, how will you be actually promoting it to people? Yeah, for sure. Um, so, uh, well, a, a mix um, from the kind of ticketing platform we're working with, which is Design My Night. Mm -hmm. um, they do quite a lot of, um, you know, they have, you know, um, a pretty astonishing number of, you know, uh, monthly users and they, they do a lot of promotion themselves for the events that they're listing. Um, working with a PR agency, Capronos uh, PR, um, and they're kind of doing engaging press. Um, so a mixture of online short leads and yeah. kind of longer lead press to, to, to write up the event. Um, so, you know, time out, uh, titles like time out, for example, yeah. and sand and handbook, recall, that sort of thing. Um, a lot of kind of online newsletters, people at the nudge. Um, so the idea is to kind of, yeah, get it kind of seeded across as many channels. And they sort of talk about it. And then obviously our own sort of, uh, newsletter to our sort of database, social media, and um, yeah, word of mouth as well. And kind of, yeah, talking about it and, you know, like we had a kind of good, we've always had a good loyal following and, 
you know, we're hoping that they're going to be ex- as excited as we are about sort of reappearing, as it were. Sure, yeah, F- fingers crossed. And I, and I guess, uh, and I bet that, that, that with this type of content that you're creating and, and in that creative process as you get closer to the event, it gives you, I presume, loads and loads of opportunities for social media posts and activity in terms of images, in terms of video, you know, that, that uh, there must be all sorts of fantastic creative content that you can share with people in the run-up to it. Yeah, totally. I mean, we got, yeah, we got lovely images and, uh, and, you know, some cool videos from, from things we've done before. And obviously, yeah, we, we're creating lots more, um, now in the, in the, uh, in the build up to it. And then obviously in the event itself, we're going to have tons. So that the purpose is obviously, you know, we, we're reminding people we're here because we want with the ideas we're going to be stepping up, mm-hmm. you know, uh, doing more and more events, you know, from here on in and, and a, a, like a real refocus on that. So obviously what the content that we create during the event is, is gold for, you know, the future. And, you know, we want to bring down as many people as we can and, you know, partners and clients and brands we work with and to kind of remind them of, you know, you know, how great it, you exactly. know, what we're doing is and, yeah. and, you know, and, and hopefully work with them, you know, on projects off the back of it. That's definitely part of it for sure. But before we um, wrap up to today's podcast, um, really important that uh, you tell us how people can find out more about it. How can they get in touch with you uh, and, and where can they read more about this fantastic uh, experience that you guys are going to be creating? Um, well, obviously, aside from hopefully appearing in every single you know, newspaper, the length and breadth <laughs> of the country, um, uh, our website's probably a safe bet, um, and that is uh, www.shuttlecock, uh, like the you know the badminton ball hyphen inc inc um, dot com and then uh, yeah it's forward slash ntv spring break but shuttlecock hyphen inc dot com and that you'll once you're there you'll um you can see you know that's how you can book your tickets and read up about all the different characters and all the different stuff going on and kind of get a better idea of the sort of visual identity of it that I've been desperately trying to explain but um sometimes pictures do an even better job than me rambling along so <laughs> you've done a pretty good job don't do yourself down done a pretty good job that has only been enhanced to a more significant level by today's jungle backdrop. Uh, oh, well, so. yeah, thank you. I, <laughs> as I said, I aim to please. So, Sup- yeah. Superb. We've been talking on the podcast today to Ed Templeton. Ed is the co-founder of Shuttlecock Inc., a creative production company. Been talking about this amazing, immersive pop-up experience that they're going to be delivering in, in London. Don't forget, guys, that uh, if you've got any questions and you've got any uh, opinions or any thoughts on what we should be covering in the podcast and any ideas ideas of events that you've been to that we could uh, could speak to for future guests get in touch with us via the event industry news website or via twitter at event news blog um, if you want to tweet us uh, the podcast is brought to you by our sponsor engage powered by d2i systems winner of best event tech uh, management platform at the 2017 event technology awards if you want to find out more about those guys head over to d2i systems.com forward slash engage always a big thanks to them because without our sponsors the podcast couldn't happen as regularly as it does don't forget to stay up to date with all of the latest news from eventindustrynews.com i've given the twitter mention we're on all the usual stuff like instagram and facebook as well whatever your preferred medium is um, and the podcast will be back next week but once again our thanks again to our guest today ed templeton from shuttlecock inc and thanks for watching the podcast we'll see you again soon bye-bye mm-hmm.